The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? Everybody and welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I am a critic for the rap. Everybody calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold. I am no one of consequence. Aww. Always, always with the downer. Why the downer? You're awesome. You write for Slash Film. You're right a respected for Slash critic. Film. I, 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 my most recent essay is on the Human Centipede movies. Ooh. Because I watched those things, and I wanted to make sure that people uh, knew uh, that people knew that I watched them and thought about them, and tried tried to assign some kind of like artistic meaning to those. things. Sometimes you do things just to prove you've done them. Yeah, I wrote an essay on a Serbian film recently too. Ooh, it's like I, I sat through these like pretty extreme movies. I want to write about them. I'm glad. I'm glad you're getting something out of it. Thank you. Uh, and uh, this week on Cancelled Too Soon, uh, it is yet another installment in our suddenly last season series. We're talking about TV shows that were canceled within the last year or so. And to join us for this very special episode, we have a very special guest. Hello, we special have guest. the illustrious M. Lapis da Silva. Oh, it's me. It's me. I'm the special guest. You Thank are. you. <laughs> yes. I am the special. Thank you. I feel so special. Okay. Who are you? <laughs> Tell <laughs> us about yourself. Well, if you don't know at this point. I'm, I'm in trouble. Yeah, I'm this, trouble. Is, this is trouble for uh, we're, 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 We live together. We do. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got the rings, too. Yeah. We got, we got, well, we. Hold them up to the mic so people okay, can hear. Okay, here's, here's our <laughs> DVD box set of Lord of the Rings. Okay. I'm kidding, of course. We're there. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, Nepotism at its finest. Ah, uh, <laughs> beautiful nepotism. <laughs> Introduce me. yourself, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since Michelle's been on the show. Hi, so I am M. Lapis da Silva. I am an author and soap maker. I actually have a book coming out this fall. It's available for pre-order. Uh, it is part of the Split series, and it's called What Ate the Angels. There's also another author appearing in that book, Cynthia Gomez, and her story, The Shivering World, is also going to be in that book. It's a double feature book. If yeah. you get one book, you get two novelettes. And I can't tell you yet when that official release date is. However, it is available order for, for uh, pre-order at Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. and that date might happen to be posted on that website at this time. <laughs> Things might. are funny. Might. Uh, Michelle yeah. and I also, in addition to uh, Michelle's fabulous writing career, uh, we have a soap business, and it has its own Patreon now. I've been mentioning it a few times. Uh, it is patreon.com slash saltcatsoap. It used to be an Etsy store, but Etsy sucks now, so we don't yeah. do it there. What, yeah. what happened? They, they like started taxing people, or they started taking well, bigger cuts? They've Something been like having, that, right? They've always been having... Uh, Issues with uh, increasing their rates and their percentage that yeah, they're they, taking. They, they yeah. take a chunk out of every sale. And it got worse. It just got really bad to the point where we weren't able to actually make any sort of profit or sustain the business if we had 
gone the Etsy route. It would have just hemorrhaged money, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so we're scaling it back to a Soap of the Month club. However, the soaps are still really fancy. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm designing one right now that's a werewolf soap, and it's got a glow-in-the-dark moon component. Yeah, embedded into the soap. So there's like a wolf in the sky and a moon, and the moon glows in the dark. And everyone who is a member of the Salt Cat Soap of the Month Club, uh, everyone who signs up before October 1st will get that soap in October. Yep. And if you sign up for our secondary tier where you get two soaps a month, you're also going to get our classic glow-in-the-dark ghost soap. Yeah, get your own glowing ghost soap. It's such a cute soap. Really, yeah. really a fun we, one. We sold oodles of them last year. It was mm-hmm. our most popular item by far. Definitely. And it, yeah, it was super cool. They actually glow in the dark. They're very, very safe. It's, they're just, uh, they're, they're lovely. They're cute. It's bioluminescent mica powder is what's in there. So yeah, it's going to biodegrade. It's going to be okay. And it's skin safe. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to join up for that, it's patreon.com slash saltcatsoap. Fair warning, it is only U.S. customers right now, and that's another financial thing. We're trying to figure that out. It'd be nice yeah. to get that international offers in the future, but right now it my, needs to be U.S. only. My issue with the glow-in-the-dark soaps is you do not glow-in-the-dark after you, 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 want, nice. you think like after you scrub them you'll like, get like, like a nice healthy you'll like the sheen of glow <laughs> yeah. in the dark like, you look like, like those bad guys from Batman forever yeah like you you, know? you'd, you'd want to step out of the shower at night you're showering at night with the lights out yeah. and then wow. you just make your own body glow you shower at night with the lights out uh, depending on the circumstance look I've sh- showered under many different circumstances okay, I usually do it in the shower <laughs> I've, I've, have you ever showered outdoors like camping trip like not, had to not, stand not willingly the, the bag or a hose or something no no only uh, only when absolutely necessary yeah you ever been hosed down by the side of the road <laughs> God, you act like what you, a time act like you've never done it uh the show we're talking about this week oh, yeah. on canceled too soon which is actually a show about television mm-hmm. uh, has absolutely nothing to do with roughing it in fact it's the exact opposite it, it is however it is it is uh, about crafting of sorts at home it's about making things in the home mm. if you have the home of a billionaire yes. and you want to learn how to make fries this mac and, and mac and craft dinner. Ah, yes. Yeah. Are you a billionaire who wants to learn how to make craft dinner? Then we got the show for you. And that show is Cooking with Paris. Paris Hilton, finally sharing her culinary expertise and kitchen prowess as you've never seen her before. That's hot. Literally. Though her kitchen is no simple life, this is Cooking with Paris. Wait, I spoke too soon. Ew. Welcome to my kitchen. I love cooking. You're getting your feathers and everything. I'm a natural. Mm-hmm. You guys watching at home? We did this wrong, so do it the opposite way for this part. A web of lies. <laughs> Subtitle. <laughs> Cooking with Paris, colon, a web of lies. Yeah, basically. It's just... Uh, uh, I have a lot of issues with it. Well... Before we get into cooking with Paris, we we do have to talk quite a bit, I think, about Paris Hilton as yes. as a, 
a phenomenon. Yep. A uh, celebutant, if you will. Yeah, uh, mm. one, of, one of the few people on this planet who became famous for being famous. Like, she, yeah. she didn't come out with aspirations. Like, she's acted before, but she yeah. never had aspirations to be an actor. She was mm. what they describe as a media personality. Yeah, uh, Paris Hilton uh, is, of course, uh, a, one of the heirs to the massive Hilton fortune. Hotel fortune. Yeah, yeah. if you've uh, ever stayed in a Hilton, if you've ever seen a Hilton, that's her. Yeah, her grandfather, uh, I think his name was Richard Hilton, founded you the Hilton You can make Hotel that up, company. and I believe you, yeah. But it was her grandfather, I don't, no. I don't know his, his name. But okay. yeah, uh, she came to prominence in the uh, early 2000s in this really weird, dark place in celebrity culture. Yeah. Which seemed to be based, as far as I can tell, completely on schadenfreude. Yeah. She was uh, incredibly rich, mm-hmm. uh, in- very seemingly very sheltered. She didn't seem to have a lot of working knowledge of the way the world operated. Mm-hmm. She knew a lot about expensive clothes and small dogs. Um, and she you, you and know her that friend, scene in the, Nicole Richie. You know that scene in movies where like someone from the city meets mm-hmm. someone who's not from the city? And someone who's the not com- from the city, the city shakes mouse, yeah. their hand, and they'd say, these hands never worked a day in their life. Mm. That's Paris Hilton. Yeah, that was the vibe. She was like Soft legally blonde head. vibes. Mm-hmm. Paris yeah. Hilton is basically just living legally blonde vibes. Yeah. Well, le- legally blonde, uh, what, when was that movie? Oh, was early it, 2000s. Was, was, Paris was Hilton before, was already a thing. Before or after Paris Hilton and Bray, Paris Hilton uh, was a thing. Okay. Yeah. Paris Hilton. So, and, yeah. And yeah, she and her friend Nicole Richie were on a reality show where they were just followed around being themselves and mm-hmm. uh and, and and going to places where they were a bit of a fish out of water it was like mm. the simple life yeah and yeah. so they would go to places that were not typically billionaire places mm. and the gag of the reality show is <laughs> they've never, yeah they've never they've done never it never no, used a porta potty I, I can't they've f- never been to mcdonald's Her, like uh, that was the gag basically it, it's a little insulting if, if, if she had some sort of like effervescent personality or you know a, a deal of wit or some kind of expertise mm-hmm. it would have been like a little bit more palatable to watch something like Paris Hilton but she didn't seem to have anything that could be easily televised mm. uh, in fact they they kind of advertised that she didn't have any skills so that, that's where the lies begin yeah, yeah actually so. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm because, sure because here's the thing with Paris Hilton with here's the thing yeah. with Paris Hilton her persona uh-huh. is that of someone who is vapid and mm. sheltered and surely you know by most conventional yeah, she, standards it would be fair to call her somewhat sheltered yeah, but she, her, her you know she, she grew she up had, rich yeah, she but had, uh, sort of a, a, a kind of a dumb blonde shtick exactly but that's yeah. a shtick mm. mm-hmm. and the thing is is that Paris Hilton successfully navigated the the really quagmarous waters of reality celebrity mm. quagmarous thank you i like that word make that a thing a little asmr for you thank you <laughs> uh, but she did so honestly with panache she mm. managed to successfully wade in and out of that without being completely destroyed in the process mm. she hold on <laughs> i'm sorry are right. we are we comp- compared to a lot of people like say britney spears who got really really screwed over in that process no. mm-hmm. paris hilton is a person who emerged from that with agency and a certain amount of dignity intact because mm. paris hilton did what paris hilton wanted to do yeah. and that's something that is i think a little ironic about paris hilton that people sometimes forget is that a lot of this Shtick of Paris Hilton as someone who is completely shallow and vapid is ignoring the fact that she couldn't have done what she did if she wasn't capable. Yeah. Well, well uh, the 
the costume is incompetence, but she is incredibly competent. And, and we're going to see that on this show. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's just, it's, it's a costume that maybe fit her better when she was younger at the start of her career when you could say, oh, fish out of water, look at her mm-hmm. trying to do these mm-hmm. things. Look at these college kid type people yeah. just but, going about being silly. But people grow out of that. And even Paris herself seems to be within this media piece questioning that role and yeah, trying yeah. to consciously try to transcend it in a very confused and very misplaced way. way. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the premise of this show, Cooking with Paris, is it's a cooking show. But the idea is that Paris Hilton is not a professional chef. She's not someone who's like Julia Child going to teach you some incredible tricks in the cooking trade. The idea is that Paris Hilton is getting to the point in her life where she wants to start a family, have kids, and she wants to get more serious about doing stuff in the kitchen and being a better cook. And so she's going to try out a variety of recipes in her own particular fashion. And she's going to invite her celebrity friends over to figure out cooking along with them. So it's not about like it's not about being informative. It's not even about mockery. It's just about kind of picking up better life skills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I but this it's about watching her figure it out. This is not an an instructional show. No. No. Not really. It's presented that way, but this is not something you're supposed to follow along with. In fact, it's kind of like if if you think to Julia Child or just any cooking show, like those were uh, deliberately instructional. They would uh, Mm -hmm. the cook would celebrity chef would address the camera and say, here's what you need to do. Look how easy it is. Of course, it's all staged, but mm-hmm. they tried to make it look easy to sell you this idea that anyone could do that. Mm-hmm. This is, cooking is, is something anybody's yeah. capable of. We're going to make something delicious. You can make yeah. it at home. Yeah. Uh, cooking with Paris is like the opposite of that. They're not giving you instructions. They're actually trying to show you how badly it can go. They're trying to show you... Uh, how, how you want to... Now, you are the one in the audience tr- wanting to give instructions to the show. Like, it, it's like the show is reaching out. It's like, how do I make craft dinner? Well, most people out there know how to make craft dinner. We've made many craft it's, dinners. It's printed on the box. and yeah. uh, But that's inconsistent throughout the show, too, because that's only, I would argue, like one or two episodes. Mm-hmm. Where, there, where she's making something really Where she's making something really poorly. And well, doing and a poor job of it. She, yeah. the, you know? the dishes they choose uh, that she chooses to make in this show are very like simple, very basic things. For the most part. And she mm-hmm. talks about how her favorite dishes are things like nachos or lasagna, thing, things that are very simple to make. And Relatively simple. The baffling part of this show is Paris Hilton is a billionaire. She's this. She lives in this gigantic mansion. She has her her chief of staff is a supporting character on this show. Is constantly mm-hmm. stepping on camera mm-hmm. to give her instructions on how to do all of this stuff, and somehow her taste has never evolved past the macaroni and cheese, well, or the lasagna, or the nachos. It's all, but it's also fair to point out here that this is a TV series. They are carefully mm-hmm. calibrating what dishes they decide to make. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fair to say that they're trying to appeal to people who aren't billionaires Mm -hmm. and maybe say, okay, so we think the idea, and this is a lot of the problem with the show is they seem to have this idea of what the idea of the show is, but it's Mm -hmm. never actually supported very well by the show. I think somewhere down the line, they thought, here's the idea. Billionaire Paris Hilton makes food you make. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But billionaire Paris Hilton can do that. 
And the and one of the frustrating things about this show is that this whole thing, oh, they're going to be so bad at it. They don't know what a, what everything is called in the kitchen. They run through I think three or four blenders over the course of this show. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the they have day, a one hundred dollar whisk that they yeah. bend on purpose. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, all of the dishes that they come up with at the end, like, and we're going to cook all the dishes, every single one is allegedly delicious, except maybe the one that they didn't eat. Yeah. There's one dish they very poignantly did not eat. I think it was the one uh, she made with Demi Lovato. I think Mm. that one didn't turn out so well, and they said so on camera. There's a few dishes, actually, if you go through the whole series, where they just won't comment about it. You just will never hear a response. Yeah. And that might very well be because they were terrible. And know? also a few of them feel like they were probably ruined either by leaving dairy out all day. Yeah. Or uh, Paris Hilton insists upon cooking in the kitchen in the most fabulous attire she has. But a lot of it has a lot of dangly bits. Okay. Like feathers and frills. I actually sort of like that because that feels like a directorial, like an artist thing. Like, mm-hmm. here's a constraint within my yeah. art yeah. project. This well, is my I, You will always be forced to wear these god-awful, like... like lace fingerless gloves. Lace stuff, fingerless yeah. gloves that are immediately, like, a sanitation threat, you yeah. know, as well as... Every episode when she has to put on, yeah. like, actual, like, sanitary gloves, she puts them on over her other gloves. Mm. And she usually struggles with the first pair that break mm. because they fitted gloves mm. don't go over mm. fing- mm. lace fingerless. And, and all of... And all <laughs> not, not well. Not, not easily. <laughs> and I'm guessing that her guests, all of her celebrity friends, were instructed to wear, like, the worst possible outfits for cooking. They're wearing like feather boas and things that you know they have to like stand upright just so they stay on. And uh, no, nobody's there like in overalls with their hair tied back, ready to cook. They're all there. Yeah, um, no one's a hundred percent in like casual wear. Well, and that's goes to a, like a, a bigger part of the show in that it's about it's not about cooking. It's not about the culinary arts. It's not instructional or the kitchen at all. It's just about the aesthetics of cooking. Mm-hmm. How does a Paris Hilton kitchen? Look, uh, they make cannolis, and I think it's the second episode. And she she buys like these pre-made cannoli shells. She's not baking the shells; she just fills them with cream, and then coats them with this like gaudy pink frosting and edible glitter because she just wants them to be pink and glittery. A lot of things have glitter on them in this I, show. I would argue that the show isn't really about cooking at all. Mm. It's about proximity or time with Paris and trying to and her get friends. Uh, her famous and her friends. friends but it's trying to specifically get a piece of Paris real time and I say that because in every episode they will include a moment where they try to edit in very consciously like a real story that happened between this celebrity and Paris. Do you remember that time when we were in Ibiza and we stayed out all night? That Mm -hmm. kind of deal. And it's a good point because a lot of the reality shows that we see uh, are are very contrived in certain ways. You have to do these big things. Mm -hmm. And this is a show that is in some respects contrived because it's ostensibly a cooking show. But cooking is a very casual, uh, for a lot of people, a very casual moment at home with Mm -hmm. the family. And you are invited. It's like those old like specials they would have on TV, where you where the the door would open onto a big soundstage, and I don't I don't know Tony Danza would be there with like putting a turkey in an oven, like oh hello there, I didn't see you come in, and they would invite you into their home, and oh look the cast of Family Ties is caroling outside our door, and it's yeah. all incredibly fake, but it's designed to make you feel like. 
you are part of the fictional reality that you watch on television and that there is some kind of hominess to it mm. that yeah. you because that's what we want from our celebrities we think that we'd like be their friends <laughs> if well, we if we some, knew that yeah, you know sure. like oh if i if yeah, i if it's... i met dwayne johnson we, randomly on the street we'd, we'd get along he'd like yeah. me and we'd yeah. go we'd go out for beers I'd like mm. to point out too that Amy Sedaris is actually really good at this brand mm-hmm. of um the homemaker like life, and, lifestyle and porn, lifestyle yeah. but with artificiality with a sense mm. of and of awareness of course of where the fake is and What's that it's playing a, with like reality and the realities that we're constructing yeah. in domestic spaces. Yeah. Because I think we're all, yeah. we're all, whether we acknowledge it or could write an essay about it or not, we've all seen enough of these things that we know what's false about it. Mm-hmm. We know that this is, there's a hyper awareness of the camera. We know that you're only talking about certain anecdotes and not other anecdotes. We yeah. know that it is edited down yeah. into the moments that people think represent them well. So even if it's something kind mm-hmm. of embarrassing, like, oh no, I burned the thing. You chose to put that moment on camera. There are plenty. You mm-hmm. could have easily cut that out. Mm-hmm. You put that there because people thought that would make you more relatable. Yeah. Well, yeah. so the the sort of like hominess, like welcoming welcoming people into uh, Paris Hilton's home, being spending some time with Paris Hilton, gives the impression that she's this aspirational figure that we mm-hmm. want to live in her world, that we want to sort of brush up against her celebrity yeah. and her mm-hmm. celebrity. Uh, from a generation ago was that of the vapid party girl. Yeah. So this is trying to get in on essentially the waning edge of that. And all she's doing now is getting together with her friends and talking about how they used to go to Ibiza Mm -hmm. and how they used to, uh, spend all night in Vegas. And it's like, we're going to go to breakfast at 5am because we've been out all night. And, uh, it's, it's also about Kardashian, though, saying, oh, I think you'll be good at raising kids. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, too. It's not just that, though. That's the thing. Like, this um, is, this show the is actually who... more... Con- it's messy, and I don't think it succeeds because it has too many intentions at once. Yeah. Because, yeah. Like, yeah, all the celebrity guests come on, and of course they're going to say nice things. You don't get someone who's, yeah. like, combative. That would be... Probably be a good show, but it'd be a very different show. But like everyone comes on there, and it's like they're either old friends of her or they're new friends who like her, mm-hmm. look up to her. They say like, "Oh, I've been a fan for a long time." Because Paris Hilton's done other stuff. She was she was in House of Wax. That's a pretty good movie, or at least people like it. Uh, is she had a music career? She's uh, been her, an entrepreneur. One of her, one of her, her, uh, her uh, album tracks was in. Uh, promising young woman yeah very prominently mm-hmm. so actually and so she has a lot uh, and a lot of people grew up with her like knowing of her mm-hmm. uh and so yeah everyone comes in and they're like excited to be around her and i myself was never like a paris hilton fan in fact initially uh when i was younger i i didn't get it and it kind of rolled my eyes at the whole thing and then i gradually realized a, I was being a dick, but also she was actually doing something very calculated and I had to respect her for it. But the thing when I was watching this show that I actually was like, here's why I would want to hang out with Paris Hilton. Mm. It's not the money. Mm. It's definitely not the mac and cheese. <laughs> Paris Hilton has led a very different life from me and most people that mm. I've ever met. And one of the ways that that has manifested in her personality, and you see this whether she's on or in those moments that feel like they actually are unscripted. Paris Hilton is in no fucking hurry to do anything. Paris Hilton... Her her wealth has afforded her that. Exactly. 
Paris Hilton, it doesn't tend, it doesn't seem like Paris Hilton is overwhelmed with anxiety the way I am. She doesn't feel like she's particularly neurotic. Mm. Paris Hilton is just Paris Hilton can take her time doing anything. She doesn't have to raise her voice. She doesn't have to impress anybody. She can just do her fucking thing and take her sweet fucking time about it. And I'm not gonna lie, that sounds like a vacation to me. <laughs> that sounds oh. like a that is a Healing. All right, well, you know, be born the heir to a, a grand fortune, and you'll probably get that. Can I uh, Can I do that? Uh, uh, you might have to marry in at this point. Okay. I saw the magic yeah. Christian. Peter Sellers was like a billionaire who, like, adopted a, an adult Ringo star. Oh, there you star. go. Yeah, find a... Find yeah. a, a, a I, I think someone once, to adopt you. once you hit a billion, like... Just, I, I begin to suspect like the mm. level of your, yeah, it's like <laughs> your kindness you have, and uh, well, yeah. At that point, you need to be giving money away. If, yeah, if asshole, you have yeah. like a, a nice home and an expensive neighborhood, and you're still working and paying uh, off the mortgage, okay, you, you have a nice home and a nice neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. once you have, a, I, I don't demand anyone. Dollars, I don't even think anyone has to work if you don't want to fucking work the rest of your life. Good for you. Good for yeah, you. If you can do it. Yeah. Like, but if you have a billion dollars, you there's there's an element you're of taking. super villainy. Well, you're taking there. That's yeah. money you're not injecting back into the economy exactly. at that point. There's there's an expression, I forget where I heard this a long time ago, but there's that old expression where like, you know, money can't buy happiness. And that's bullshit. It can. Money can buy happiness to a point. Yes. To the extent that not all of a sudden your basic needs are met. You're not worried where your next meal is coming from. You're not worried about losing your home. You know your family's taken care of, and you get the general sense that if anything bad happened, natural disaster, medical emergency, you're not going to go broke taking care of it. Your needs are met. Mm -hmm. To that point, money buys a lot of happiness. Mm -hmm. Above that point, it's kind of just all gravy at that point. Well, it's, it's like it's neat, but you don't really need it there. Unfortunately, a lot of studies have come out recently that shows it's just gravy. The more gravy you have, the happier you get. That actually having more and more money does make you more and more happy. Well, I can't imagine it and, would make uh, you like like ah oh, no, I, I have well, I can afford a better car. Like, uh, but yeah, it you can also afford, what if you want to afford a five hundred car? Because what you're if? escaping. Because yeah. you're escaping from reality. If you yeah, feel like you want to just sit in your room and jerk off with money all day, mm -hmm. you know, billions of dollars, uh, basically. That'll chafe, by the way. Just a fair <laughs> warning. Oh, I've tried. I've you tried know, it, too. Yeah, it's like you you lose touch with other people and you you... You can just create kind of a new version of reality mm. wherever you go. You're just disassociating mm. it. However... Yeah, you're pulling yourself aside. Yeah, it's not quote real happiness because it actually doesn't intersect with anyone else's happiness so you you're just mm. like projecting your own like fake happiness on other people mm. and like i don't know why it's appealing to people it's like, not well, really I think, a sorry, fun I, th thing. I think it hits a i think it hits a well, crest uh, I yeah. think where it stops being you know kind of genuine at that well, point. I, well, I think y'all have just revealed what's important to you is connection yeah. with other people sort of on your level but right. if, if you connect with other people who are just as rich as you which having that level of wealth would give you access to, then it's the same kind of connection. I've met uh, a lot of I, wealthy, I need to... lonely people. Pardon? I've uh, met a lot of wealthy, lonely people. Yeah. You know, just like, yeah. I mean, listen, Whitney, I'll grant you that everyone's different. There are going to be yeah. exceptions to every rule. But we're, we're, we, we have philosophy not because we think literally every person needs to... Like yeah, has, I, will, will be unaffected by every single saying. Like we, mm -hmm. we, there are generalities that we can all kind of rally behind about the human experience, you know? Yeah. 
I, I and I I think that once you move into Paris Hilton levels of wealth, the human experience is just different. It's, it's just very different. different. Sure. And, yeah, she uh, lives in a very different world. Yeah. Um, Although she does go to shopping at a lot of places around here that I've been to. That was kind she of goes, fun. Every episode to, um, opens with Marcel, her. which yeah. is over in the farmer's market. She goes to the farmer's market a couple of times. Yeah. There's a farmer's market that is next to uh, uh, a shopping district yeah. called The Grove. A nice little outdoor kind of mall area with like a really big fountain. They always dressed up real nice at Christmas time. Uh, so she goes there a bunch. She goes to a place in a nearby mall, the Century City Mall, called Italy, which actually mm. has mm. really good food. Like, it's a really, really good shopping mm. experience over there. You can get fresh. Like a mall-sized yeah. Italian delicatessen. Oh, my God. Yeah. They have the there's, best there's meats. A, they a couple have all more the best the breads. It's so good. They got little dessert counters. Yeah. And so it always opens cheese. with, like, these, oh. like, glamorous oh. shots of Paris Hilton, you know, looking fab. Uh, mm. I appreciate that she's wearing a mask in public, but the mask is bedazzled because she's mm. got a brand. And she's shopping, and oh, she she dropped something, or she doesn't know what a what a, what a what is it a tomatillo? Is that the one thing? That yeah, she, she, she doesn't know she what calls that it a is. Yeah, she doesn't know what that looks like. How do I find one? That kind of thing, oh. you know? Oh, how charming! Yeah. And then she leaves, and then she goes, and she says, "I'm Paris Hilton, and I'm gonna cook some stuff." And Kim Kardashian's coming over. Mm -hmm. There's comes a moment I find in everyone's life, and if you're young, you haven't hit this yet. <laughs> when Kim Kardashian's coming over, <laughs> well, and, you... <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I have nothing to wear. No, yeah. <laughs> there comes a moment in everyone's life where you start watching shows that have like guest stars. Mm. And you realize that you don't recognize half the guest stars. They're famous, <laughs> and you don't know why. Yeah, that was this show. Yeah. There's like half of them I knew, and half of them I have no fucking idea who they are. Mm -hmm. I assume they're yeah. famous. I have no fucking idea. I, I saw a movie uh, last year. It was called um, Not Ready Player One. Uh, Free Guy. Oh, Free yeah. Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, he he played a. Uh, a, NPC, a yeah, non-player character, a video, video game, game character who started to develop its own consciousness, sure, and like took control of the game from within. Mm -hmm. And uh, a, a lot of the people on the in the real world were watching this happening, and there are all these celebrity guest spots from like the YouTube celebrity universe. Mm -hmm. I reckon mm. th this is so far away from yeah. my experience as a forty-four-year-old. <laughs> uh, that that was like the first, and I didn't reckon not a single one of those people. Like I, I couldn't, I didn't hear any of their names. I didn't know who they were. I had to look them all up, and that was the first time I yeah. realized I, I'm not losing touch. Like long ago, like maybe yeah. about a decade ago, I just completely severed myself from popular yeah. culture. No, the new stuff, a, anyway. And, yeah. and I'm in a bubble, and I know I'm in a bubble, and yeah. that's fine. I, mean, I, I like, I'm I like my bubble. Perfectly happy with that. Mm. Do you know what none of us seated here know about? Mm -hmm. TikTok celebrities. Yes, we were just watching yeah. a Let's yeah. Play the other day. Yeah. And someone was talking about, like, they were, like, creating, like, a Sims universe, and they were basing a character on various TikTok celebrities. And they said, so I based them off of these, like, four TikTokers, and they would name them and then show, like, their faces and, like, a clip or something. And we're watching this, and, like, no, I, we have no, no idea who no. they are. Well, we're not on TikTok. No, no and so, uh, that's no. okay. I, I accept yeah. that. I'm, I'm getting older. I don't have to. I don't have to be constantly <laughs> with every aspect of popular culture. There comes a time when it's okay to like not because you don't you have a lot less free time, and there's a lot less pressure from your peers to listen to every single thing that they're doing. So 
I don't have to stay in touch with, with all of popular music. I don't have to stay in touch with what's going on on TikTok and YouTube. I keep an eye on what's happening in TV and movies, and even that's hard to do, and I'm good, thanks. <laughs> and, that will, and, that, and if that hasn't happened to you, it will happen to you. Get used to it now. It's actually kind of relaxing. It's, it's, it's very freeing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I read a study. I've I brought this up before. Um, how when... Uh, you consume new music and, like, just on average, you pay attention to new music until you're 33. Like, that was oh. the age they found in this one. It was, like, in Rolling Stone or something. That uh, And once you turn 33, you stop paying attention to new music. You pursue your own interests. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back. I'm going to listen to older music. I'm going to listen to uh, the things that influence the bands I like. Or I'm just going to dive into the bands I mm-hmm. like. Uh, and new music just doesn't affect your life anymore after age 33. So up until then, you can pay attention all you like. But yeah. it's gonna start happening in your early thirties. I make a. You're gonna start disconnecting. I make a mild effort, not a concerted effort, a mild effort, hmm. to occasionally listen to Kiss FM on the radio, just to see yeah. what's in the top four. Kiss FM is like the they they play a couple of like semi popular oldies, but mostly the relatively contemporary pop. It's a pop radio station in L.A. And and uh, it's a testament to how disconnected you are that you think Kiss FM yeah. is the one that's playing the contemporary. I, no, I'm not saying, I, I'm not saying it's got... You're listening I'm not, to terrestrial radio. Hang on. Uh. Hang on. All I'm going to say is this. There's some cute stuff out now. I couldn't tell yeah. you who sings it, mm. but I heard it sometimes, Those, and some of it's fun. You, Those BTS okay. songs are catchy. Babe... I, I'm your Kiss FM. I'm the reason why you vaguely know <laughs> there's cute stuff out there. I listen. I listen to the Kiss FM when you're not you, no, around. No, you do. You you're more pop, but like, yes. yeah, because mm. music is what I. I, it's one of the things that is life and yeah. I dig in holes and mm. I find music, but I often don't know what's playing on the radio most yeah. of the time. Um, but I know new stuff that came out. Yeah, Michelle. Know, Michelle like, is, has a much more like developed palette for know, music than I. No, you do. And Whitney can attest to this. My taste in music is shit. Oh, my taste in music it, is bubblegum. Sh- no, it's bubblegum pap. But, M- Michelle, a lot of it. It, it is. <laughs> yeah. so I, no, I accept this. I do. I uh, my di- if my if music was a food, okay, the majority of my diet would be tater tots. Okay, that's that's just what I'm cold, into. Cold ones. I like. That. There's some fun stuff that I like. Ninety percent of it is because Michelle introduced me to it. I, there's I, a few I, things that I was into without Michelle. The majority I listen to because of Michelle. I I, I, I give you crap, but you you, you yeah. do listen to a lot of bubblegum. I do, and look, and I accept that. I'm fine with that. I've chosen my area of expertise, mm-hmm. and here's an art form that I know less about, and I feel a little less pressure to know a lot mm-hmm. about it. So I just kind of waffle in and out. Let let, let me uh, try to. Steer this back to Paris Hilton. Well, I, and I was the, kind of mid-hitting, trying to hit a point there, but okay. Ooh, two segues, dueling. Uh. Let's have it out. Which yeah. segue will win? You guys should oh. do like a Rochambeau. I was gonna just talk, talk, <laughs> talk about like fame and celebrity culture Rochambeau. and how it's changed. Because in my generation, like... Rochambeau either meant paper rock scissors or kicking each other in the nuts. By the way, and I'm not sure which version you meant. <laughs> but the, I probably feel like, uh... paper scissors. Okay. Oh, somebody. Oh. Oh, was that on this whole time? If you heard a buzzing or a, or a rumbling noise this whole time, we had our laundry going and I forgot to turn it off. Hey, our well, laundry's yeah. dry, folks. Also, yeah. also our... Uh, We're uh, just uh, like you. Also, our wind <laughs> chimes have been going louder than usual. Knock it off, wind! Well, wind chimes are lovely. Uh, no. saying you might not... If you're distracted, that's not, it's not you. It's not, you're not hearing uh, weird noises. I, it's in the background. I feel like popular culture. <laughs> 
uh, the, the, these days, because we're so, we're so disconnected, uh, the way I, I, as an old man with my complete lack of insight, uh, sees a lot of celebrity culture to be very homemade these days. Uh, the idea of you know the millennials building their own brands out of Instagram, like that's yeah. something that happened after I was here. And, and it's stuff and, uh, you do at home or when you're on the go. It's not like getting yeah, a studio yeah, and, somewhere. And yeah. yeah, you're doing it yourself. You're gaining your own following, and the hope is that a brand will. Uh, hmm. You will attract a brand, and you'll get mm-hmm. money from that. That's yeah. how you you enter into sort of the commercial world. And yeah. same with TikTok. You you invent a dance. You get very good at dancing. You mm-hmm. put that on TikTok, and enough people watch your videos, and you become a celebrity. You get I, a lot of money for that. I hope everyone listening to this podcast is learning everything about TikTok from Whitney. Yeah, absolutely. No, <laughs> Whitney knows. This is this was Take my notes, segue folks. into what I was saying. All right, I'm not laying out. To, I know. I just think it's funny. Go, go. This is not my thesis on the world, uh, but I because it's so. So homemade, it differs from the era of fame where Paris Hilton grew up, which mm. was the early 2000s. And from my experience, the early 2000s fame culture was very based in cruelty. There was a mm. lot of mean-spirited celebrity going on. And we can go to, to characters like Britney Spears or, or mm. figures like Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, let's let's are, watch the downfall of these exactly, pretty people. Exactly. Let's, yeah. let's, let's feed them into this machine. Yeah, you know, we the, resent the rise of them for their popularity. TMZ, the sort of stalking people and hounding people and trying to uh, deliberately, uh, A, stage them in such a way that it looks like they're either horrible people or they just have really bad habits or they're addicts. Mm-hmm. And all, a big part of this was invading their privacy. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. Paris Hilton, her privacy was repeatedly invaded over the course of the 2000s. There, there was a sex mm-hmm. tape There was a sex tape that yeah. he did not release. Somebody leaked that. She was awarded, I looked it up, she was awarded $30 million Good. for the person Good. who stole that sex tape from her. Good. Um, yeah, that, it was, uh, you know, and look at uh, Pam and Tommy Lee. They also yeah. had, or Kim Kardashian as yeah. well. They had their intimate, intimate tapes mm-hmm. uh, released to the public. And they're still exploited for is, that. There was a whole uh, show it's about It's called the, Revenge Porn. Yeah, yeah, Revenge yeah. Porn. And that, and that Pam and Tommy Lee thing, which is probably the most famous example, mm-hmm. they just did a Hulu TV series about that. And you'd think to yourself, oh, good, we're raising awareness of this horrible thing that happened. That was made without their approval. They are mm-hmm. still being exploited by it. Yeah, yeah uh, it, it was sympathetic to them, but it wasn't. Uh, but you know, how sympathetic could it be if it did? If they made the show without their approval, mm-hmm. on some mm-hmm. level, they're not. Yeah, so, they are. They are being exploited yet and, again. And, I, mm-hmm. and I, there was even a, a South Park episode about Britney Spears. Oh, that's one of the effect. darkest things it's, they it's, ever did. It's really dark yeah. because the idea is um, uh, during the course of the episode, Britney Spears lost her head. Like she was just yeah. had, she had like a bottom jaw and the rest of her head was missing. Really grotesque. But yeah. she was still alive somehow. Yeah. And the the and joke was no one was sympathetic on, to her. Yeah, yeah, like they kept on saying what's wrong with her, and they kept pushing her out and trying to make money off of her, even though she's ostensibly mm. dead. Mm. And the comment is like they look at her and they see like somebody's being so exploited that she has no say in this. Well, the the, the yeah. episode uh, ultimately argues that society treats people like that as some kind of weird human lo- sacrifice. Yeah, like uh-huh. the, yeah, yeah, and and in, in the the South Park episode. Literally, they're a sacrifice, yeah. but like, uh, yeah. but yeah, the the idea that the celebrity culture was ve- like in- insanely exploitive. It always has been, true, uh, mm-hmm. to one degree or another. But mm-hmm. like, the, it seemed to like reach this weird fever pitch right in this Paris Hilton era, and mm-hmm. Paris Hilton was was exploited, and she did have all of you know, her privacy violated. And she had stalkers, and it was really sure. horrible for her, and. All of this is uh, this basically, is all. Yeah. I feel like this show is a really curious nostalgia for that period. Like it's not enjoying the exploitation, but it's trying to remember that era through 
really glittery rose-colored glasses, <laughs> trying to remove Paris Hilton from this sewer of popular culture that was really big at the time. I think it is and it isn't. I think it's mm. evoking the trappings of it, but I think it's desperately trying to calm it the fuck down. Mm. It does seem like it's trying to be just so muted and chill. Well, it's trying to take that Paris Hilton persona that was born of that era and put it into sort of the Netflix era, mm. which is, mm. things are a little bit different now. She's different now. She's Yeah, she's older. very different, yeah. But they're still trying to play into her shtick of mm. let's giggle at the rich person, which I think is definitely yeah. part of this. Sure. Anyway, that's... that's I, yeah, we got another... All right. I, I, was a little, I had a thought, and then I lost it, and I'm like, uh, dang, you well, thought... Welcome I, to my world. Yeah. Every time Whitney talks. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you. I'm glad I, well, I'm glad I can... It's my, my thoughts are so powerful. <laughs> they, Let's talk about... Hold on, we swallow up the thoughts. We, we, we've waxed rhapsodic about right. uh, you know celebrity culture and Paris Hilton's place in it. Let's talk a little about the, the, the show itself. Because I, the thing I really want to talk about oh, is the food. I remembered my thought. After. Let's okay. go back to that really and we'll, re- we'll, we'll rewind really and then we'll fast forward. So the whole like tendency to uh, sacrifice and stuff in the media, that, was the, that can also be seen as a direct cultural response to increased um, sexuality of young women yeah. in the mm-hmm. media at the time. There were a lot of people like freaking out. I remember about midriff bearing, you know, like shirts and shit like that. So you have this culture in general that's trying to teach young women and girls stop being sexy, stop being Mm -hmm. sexy, stop enjoying conspicuous consumption, stop enjoying this girliness. And do not be in your early 20s, basically, where people explore themselves. And when you do this, that's why you have these witch hunts. And unfortunately, I think. Things like South Park and stuff are really good at decontextualizing that and making it seem like, oh, well, that's just society just does this. I don't know why. (laughs) But you have to realize that it's because of conservative backlash. It is trying to control. And it's trying to control young girls and their sexuality by, you know, making them afraid to be sexy. And and this has been going on forever. Look at Judy Garland. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who yeah. was like not allowed to grow up into a woman yeah. within the entertainment industry because she was only marketable basically as a child. Mm-hmm. And that it's, destroyed it's, uh, her personally yeah. and professionally. It, and it's gotten a lot, I guess, more noticeable with you know the advance of communications technologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when someone like Vanessa Hudgens, uh, you know, she, she texted a, a picture to her boyfriend mm. that was just between them and that you know somebody stole it, put it in mm-hmm. public, and she had to apologize. Uh, Bullshit. It, it, the per- I don't know the name of the person who leaked that photo. Uh, sh- surely they were punished, but that their story is not part of that story. Mm-hmm. It's about how she did something that she was completely within her rights to do, mm-hmm. that she had the agency to do and wanted to do, and fine. It's yeah. between those two people. And then she had to go on a press tour saying that she was sorry for doing that. Yeah. It's like, that, that's... This purity it's really culture sad. And, is, and the yeah. pure, it's mm-hmm. and it's the purity culture which is just abetted by the corporations that back it because mm-hmm. the corporations also demand that same kind of purity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to market purity, but we also want you to be kind of sexy because yeah. we know that that makes yeah. money too. But we need to have this plausible deniability of your sexiness. Well, purity mm-hmm. culture has its own version of what is acceptable sexuality. Yeah. That's the thing, mm. is that purity culture is not completely devoid of sex because it has acceptable sex, you yeah. know, what mm. a, and it's a fucking heteronormative myth, but whatever. <laughs> so it's all a mess. <laughs> what, my, you know. My point is just ha- have, have more sex because that'll piss off the man. 
Yeah. Man. <laughs> Anyway, remember when Paris Hilton made breakfast with Kim Kardashian? <laughs> well, the okay, the premise of the show. <laughs> she made she, ha- she has this really nice new home. It's not yeah. it's not even fully decorated. They say that in like episode 4. There's only 6 episodes of this 30-minute show on Netflix. Uh-huh. Uh, it was it was canned after the single season. It was season. all released, uh, uh, you know, all bingeable on August 4th, 2021. And uh yeah, she invites a celebrity. She says uh, out of her cookbook that she's made herself. It's a handcrafted thing mm-hmm. that she's made with glittery ink and you know encrusted with plastic jewels. It's all very pink, pink glitter, really tacky stuff. That was sort of her aesthetic. And uh, mm-hmm. she's put together this cookbook. I don't know where it came from. She's copying recipes from somewhere. Yes. She doesn't say where the recipes come from. No. Uh, like, they didn't come from her mom. This wasn't something mm-hmm. her grandmother handed her. It wasn't something she got out of a magazine. Like, like favorite mm-hmm. recipes she... She just sort of has this magic tome, mm-hmm. and she's going to Look, make recipes. Look, she Googled it, and she wrote it down in a journal, okay? I, I wish she had just said that. Yeah. We don't know where Maybe it comes from. Maybe it's a mystery. Yeah, like, I got this recipe from blank. Uh, she has this book of recipes. She's going to make the recipes in this book with the help of her celebrity friends. So she chooses, you know, tonight's going to be taco night. And I'm going to invite over a celebrity friend. We're going to try making this together. And then we're going to have dinner in this really chintzy set we've set up. Yeah. To make it look like this a is theme the, the Italian basically. theme restaurant. Uh, she's really a big fan of Dan Tana's, which is here in West mm. Hollywood. Yeah. Um, uh, if you go to Daniel Tana is a very famous L.A. celebrity. I don't know a lot about Dan Tana. No, uh, I just made that up. <laughs> I don't uh, know anything about Dan Tana. I, don't, I think Dan Tana is just one word. Was, no, it's, it's supposed it's, to be. It is Dan Tana. So oh, know, is it? Yeah, Isn't I've, it an I've Italian restaurant? It's an Italian, it is. It's an Italian restaurant in okay. West Hollywood. I've eaten there. All right. Okay. Um, it's, it's incredibly expensive, and you know, quite frankly, it's not very good. But uh, Ooh. We, we had a bad experience there. I, maybe, maybe I need to go back and mm. spend more money at Dan Tana's. Ooh, I'm you sure know, they'd like that. <laughs> I'll just make food at home. We're Italian. We'll We're good. We do some yummy, delicious yeah, treats. It'll be fine. I, I like a, I like a fancy restaurant on you know those those occasions that I can afford it. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh! You can come over here and we can light a candle for you and Angie. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, oh, that's, yeah. that's you creating the ambience. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Lighting the candle. And then you we have cats well, around you. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. that scene in Lady in the Tramp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the one in a garbage street? Yeah, alley? <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> Date oh, night, anyone? We, we, give, we give each other shit. Um, so, uh, and that's that's the whole episode. And yeah. you know, like I said, her her. She's credited as uh, Paris's chief of staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes in to sort of just oversee everything. There's and there's a lot of things devoted to aesthetics. They're going to decorate the house. They're going to do a photo shoot with some dogs in one episode. Uh, a lot of it is not devoted to the actual cooking, mm-hmm. but the show opens with her going shopping at a local LA uh, market. Italy or Monsieur Marcel t- tend to be her sort of her go-to's. She uh, in one episode she is. Uh, like has a phobia of raw poultry, like mm. it's not staged as a phobia. Well, that's a Thanksgiving like, episode gro- yeah, too. She's just gonna make a turkey. Grossed yeah. out by raw poultry. Uh, oh, and she like flees. Yeah, she runs we're all away. A little grossed out the first time we encounter a raw frozen turkey. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I know. Uh, it's like a little like oh. It's I, like I'm, oh. a, I'm a vegetarian. Well, the first time, yeah. I, first time you got it. Trouble with like preparing meats for others because I don't know about handling meat. I don't cut into it. I don't eat it. So. Uh, yeah, I've I've taught myself how to handle red meat, mm-hmm. I, and I can whip up bacon pretty well. That's pretty easy to do. But uh, uh, yeah, actually, cooking poultry and fish is still kind of intimidating. Yeah. Sure, sure. I but like uh, food. 
But then she brings it into her home, she starts to put it together, but with, like, a little bit of a Paris Hilton twist, which usually means throwing in a lot of edible glitter. Yeah. There's this great bit, um, what was the, hold on, I gotta find the bit, because there's a bit where she gets edible gold. Oh, Oh, there's an amazing line. It's it's the episode where she, her sister, and her mom are together, and she's gonna put some gold flake in one of her pastries, and her billionaire mother is standing there on my TV, literally eating gold in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She picks up a gold flake and just puts it in her mouth and describes the flavor of it. It was like, yeah. here's, this, this here's, is like here's, one small step from them consuming the human flesh of poor people. Here's, here's the line. Here's the line. Because here's, here's the exchange. What does it taste like? Gold. What does gold taste like? Money. Okay, and that... and. Paris is the one who says gold and money. Yeah. I think it's like her sister who's asking yeah. about yeah. what it tastes we need, like. We're going to have a time. long conversation about the last episode because that's, that's the one with her mom and her sister. And that is that's like the, the most interesting one. That's the, <laughs> that is the key to the entire enterprise. It's the episode that made me actually go, wait a minute. Do I actually feel human feelings about Paris Hilton? <laughs> well, like, it's where I, we get to know like a little bit about what her and her whole family is about. Like, yeah. how do they relate mm-hmm. it as, well, as human beings? Well, there's only six episodes, so let's go through them one by one real fast, because there's oh. not a lot to them. We'll just talk about the dishes. Uh, the first one is Breakfast in the Clouds with Kim Kardashian West. Kim Kardashian comes over. They grew up in a lot of the same circles. Uh, they're both on reality TV at the same time. They have a long history together. Kim Kardashian is rather a famous multitasker, and so she seems actually pretty confident in the kitchen. She says she cooks for her kids. Sure. I mean, you're you're a billionaire, so I'm, I it, maybe you do. I don't know. I mean, you don't have to. I'm reminded of that movie we, with. We the, don't have to like assume she's a liar. I don't assume she's a liar. I just I just I also assume that she probably has people who work for her, and that sometimes they make food. Uh, sure. I'm just saying. I, I would. I, if I if I could afford, you know, Ugh. people to help doing things, I'd let them do it. I you know, in exchange for money, a lot of money. I don't want people in. <laughs> like, Alright, we'll get the cats to do it. Hissing, like, Dante, ooh. pick up pick up a spatula, get oh, frying. Oh, if we could train the cats to make food and oh, that'd be little cute. chef's hats I like the, uh, the jackets. Whole, the whole Martha Stewart thing. If somebody comes over and you're not prepared, you improvise. Or yeah. you just hiss and throw things until they go away. <laughs> yes. Somebody comes over unexpected. You, well, how, how much can I bury them in my backyard? Like, Anyway, they make... The Kim Kardashian one, I think they make they make frittatas, mm. if memory serves. One frittata. I think they make uh, turkey bacon, if that makes sense. They do that once. I think it's this one. Yeah. And then they make something they don't eat. It's like a big, like kind of like funfetti marshmallow. Oh, it's a marshmallow stuff. Really yeah, she she's gonna make her own marshmallows. No. But what you can do at home with gelatin. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, no, the blue one. Yeah, she's going to make yeah. blue marshmallow magic. But the problem is that, like, she refrigerates it, which yeah. is chaos in the middle of dealing with marshmallows. After yeah. you've heated and melted marshmallow and then just refrigerating it, you're... Yeah. You just made it useless, basically, at Yeah. That Your texture is um, going to be weird. Thoughts about uh, Paris Hilton's breakfast that she makes? Well, I mean, I, I've been inspired to actually, like make a frittata because I'm like, well, you know what? Frittatas are easier to make than I had assumed. <laughs> it's basically blend this stuff, put it in a cast iron, and put it in the oven. Is yeah. And they say, according to Paris Hilton, it was the most delicious thing like, yeah. she'd ever done. So, you know, 
Cool. So at some point, I'm going to be making a frittata. Great. um, Yeah. Anyway, she made a frittata with Kim Kardashian West. See how easy this was? Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, The next episode. (laughs) Hey, Whitney. How you doing? (laughs) Hey, buddy. Uh, It's it's rare that I watch a cooking show, and I feel like I could do a better job. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I'm not not bragging or anything. I'm no chef. The next episode was Taco Night with Saweetie, who is someone I learned about from this show. You don't know no, about Sweetie? Everybody knew about Sweetie. I kind of heard the name. I never really spent much time with them. But they, they did a song I like, right? Yeah, they're, they're a couple so songs. They did something with Doja like, Cat? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, okay, I was aware of them, but I'd never been properly introduced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Sweetie comes over, and they make they make tacos. And uh, Sweetie, I think they make shrimp tacos. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, shrimp is delicious. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Any thoughts? Shrimp's uh, <laughs> good. <laughs> They look fine. <laughs> they look okay. Tacos are not the most complicated thing in the world to make. Look. They make them pretty straightforward, so actually. So seemed to know what she was doing. So Weedy had, had a, had a recipe to, to yeah. do yeah, for like, them, yeah. She has some... You make a proper taco, um, mm. there's... Uh, you can do the flour tortilla, or you can do it correctly. And, uh, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you did. Oh. Ooh. Look, I'm Shots gonna, fired. I'm going to throw, throw a little down on the tacos. You get a nice little uh, corn tortilla. You put, you know, some, some meat and fresh some shrimp stuff and some meats, you know, some yeah. shredded veg- veggies yeah. on there. There are many ways you can do a taco. Yeah, they can that. be very straightforward. They can be a little yeah. complicated. It's how you want to do it. I feel like we saw a little crack in the Paris Hilton facade. And she says, oh, yes, I love tacos. I love the... And she describes, like, the thing you see on the Ortega hard shell taco box. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, the, with the hard, crunchy taco shell. Mm-hmm. A little bit of, like, brown meat of some kind yeah. uh you know lettuce and cheese you know meat lettuce and cheese a little, a little kid taco a lot of it's like yeah people and this this is the uh, the baffling thing about tuning into Paris Hilton it's like she has access to untold bottomless wealth and she hasn't developed taste for tacos beyond the Ortega box she has a pretty straightforward palate yeah yeah um you would think as a billionaire, you'd want like the most exotic, strange, expensive thing. Well, you gotta rem- you know, re- remember. You know, I, hold on. I've heard this rumor about white people. Not, <laughs> <laughs> we're all white, by the not way. Not being you know, particularly good. Not, not well with adventurous yeah. about culinary yeah, experience. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. maybe. The myths are true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I remember all these articles when, when back when, when Donald Trump was running for president, ostensibly a rich man. Yeah. And oh, he, and he was and like, he likes his steaks well done like with the, ketchup. Yeah, like like we cook, all kind of cook, vomited cooked a little. To shit, and then yeah. he puts yeah. a lot of ketchup on him to put the moisture back into it. Yeah. It's like you could just not cook all the moisture there, out. There was a yeah. moment in a movie that when I was a kid I didn't buy, and as an adult I do. Hmm. It was the live action film of Richie Rich. Okay. Now you might remember this movie. It served Macaulay Culkin at the height of his powers. It was one of those things where it was like, oh my god, like, you know, like you see like a person like, oh, they'd be the perfect like Wolverine. We should cast him as Wolverine. Well, for Macaulay Culkin, sadly, that was Richie Rich. Mm. And so they cast him as Richie Rich, and the whole thing is he's really rich. It's not that it's funny. Based on the Harvey comics. Oh my yeah. god. And so there's a whole bit where he invites not rich children over to have a play date. And they're hungry, and so he says, oh, well, let's go have some lunch. And he has a full working McDonald's in his house. Not like a chef who can make it, but like an actual fully functioning McDonald's, fully staffed, many people working there, just in case someone in the rich family wants a quarter pounder. I, I hope he pays them well. I hope so, too. But my point is this. As a child, I thought to myself, why would you... 
Why would you have a whole McDonald's in your house when you're rich and you can afford better food? Mm-hmm. And as an adult, I realized two things. One, just because you're rich doesn't mean you have good taste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And two, if you're rich, you probably like exploiting people. Yeah. So there's a decent chance oh, just having minimum wage workers yeah. in your yeah. house dressing up in costumes is probably appealing to the little well, asshole. The, mm-hmm. uh, the the being rich doesn't give you good taste is just playing itself out here, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. all, all these uh, stories of Paris Hilton and, and also Donald Trump of... Mm-hmm. Like all they really want is is McDonald's food. Well, and, and the next episode well, is, is barely this is food. also the legend of West Coast money, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, West Coast versus East Coast money. Mm. If you're not familiar with it in America culturally, West Coast money is supposed to be uncultured, tasteless, new money, new money, gauche, you tacky. Money, yeah. You just got it. The Jared Leto version of the Joker. East Coast money is supposed to be traditional, New mm. England, came mm. over on the Mayflower, yeah. darling, yeah. and you've Taste, been yeah. to Vassar or some shit. I don't know, yeah. but I don't. I really don't know what the current thing is. This is like really old stereotypes. But the idea is that it's it's old and older and more cultured as a result. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that she is playing with this gives me no insight actually into her as a person whatsoever mm. because she is playing with the trope of West Coast money. That's mm. her persona and that's part yeah. of her brand. There's that's m- why she has a, her shitty sla- like saying. Oh, she has a whole thing where she, I, I guess she's like, I don't know if she's copyrighted. She's really proud that this has made it into the Urban Dictionary, which I could put something in the Urban Dictionary right now. Yeah. It's, not a, yeah. it's not a reward. but Some, some term she invented. There's, she's trying to make fetch happen here, and her version of fetch is slithing, yeah. which is a portmanteau of slaying, as in like you're killing it out there, you're slaying, mm-hmm. and living, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. So she has decided to combine to combine them with sliving, and thank God she didn't go for the other vowel option because that would have been terrible. <laughs> like that's like, and I keep, every time she says it, I'm like, you're coming so close to oh saying the worst fucking thing imaginable, and and honestly, like so it's true. it's so bad. She 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 interjects it constantly. Mm. She's desperately trying to sell this bad. brand. I have Sliving to think, doesn't sound very good. It sounds I have like to use my doing... sliv gloves. And yeah. oh, here's my yeah. sliv lasagna. Yeah. It's like I, I constructed a sliv in prison and had yeah. a bottle of bed spring. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty bad. The next episode is Vegan Burgers and Fries with Nikki Glazer, a person who I, I'd heard the name but didn't know before this episode either. Mm. Um, so they're making vegan burgers fine. And the fries, she says, I'm trying to approximate the best fries in the world, which are McDonald's fries. But here's where we start to see a crack in the Paris Hilton facade here. Here's where you start to realize that... talking about the cracks in her facade. I'm talking about a moment where you pointed this out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, 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 we are being lied to. And the real Paris Hilton kind of poked their head out for a second because they're making the vegan burgers. They're making them on a grill, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. fine. They're just making them on a stovetop, rather. Easy to do. You can get a great burger out of that. They're like kind of like just futzing around. Nikki Glazer's like kind of just joking around and like they're making the burgers. And then Paris Hilton does something where she takes uh, like a lid, like a pot lid, mm-hmm. and she puts it over the burger to keep the heat in. Mm-hmm. 
Which means Paris Hilton and actually knows how to cook. Yeah. That is not <laughs> something you just figure out on your own. Yeah. No. That's not a random thing you just decide. Mm-hmm. That's something you did through experience or you paid attention while someone else was cooking. Yep. That is someone who knows a little bit more about cooking than they're letting on. It's a learned skill. Yeah. Which yeah. is why I'm like, mm-hmm, you know how to cook. Stop lying well, to us. Also, yeah. Like every episode, quit lying. <laughs> she uh, she was making fries and she has a deep fryer. And her, yeah. I would kill for a deep fryer like that. Um, <laughs> I make so many fucking donuts. Uh, it, you know, it's, 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 like the, it's like the kind you see at, at the fast food restaurant. It's the yeah. basket that you lower into yeah. the vat of boiling oil. It takes a long, long time to heat up f- deep frying oil. Like that would yeah. have to be on like at, All day, at least an hour. So I know she has people on the show who are telling her how to do that. But sure. to an extent, yeah. if if this show was about let's see her figure out how to make this meal, there would have probably mm. been a scene where oh I forgot to turn this on and we have to wait a yeah. long time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do this and we didn't leave yeah. it in the, well, the, the the fryer long enough. Like she knows how to yeah. use a deep fryer. Or some, she's competent. Folks. She's very yeah, competent. Yeah, she's at very least competent in the kitchen. Fryer. It feels I mean, like the show someone in the production wanted this to be was like a celebrity version of Nailed It. Yeah, which is actually like, a very yeah, fun yeah, show. Yeah. You've seen Nailed It, right? It's it's a baking show where they invite uh, amateurs, amateur bakers, to make things that are clearly out of their skill like set, super complicated, like very out of fondant and stuff. And on top of it all, the time constraints they're under are ridiculous. You, you yeah. don't have the time to figure it out. Yeah. It's like and, here's here's a they, super complicated yeah. donut with like covered in fondant and sculpture, and you have thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and it's like oh shit, I don't have time to figure out how to make a donut. And the, the moment, <laughs> alone figure out how to decorate it the, nice. The moment comes from when you lift the cloche off of whatever mm-hmm. it is you were able to make in those 30 minutes mm-hmm. and everybody has a hearty laugh at how badly a job you but did. Even and you get here. to say, nailed it. When yeah. Clearly you did not. And, and even in the middle of it, it's though, you, you, you Maybe don't... you nailed it in another way. Right. Well, like, like, even even you get oh, to God, see well, them while they're being... That's also sexual slang, so I don't yeah. want to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. There's a, but throughout <laughs> the cooking process, before we see the finished product, there are still cooks, professional cook, judging them. Yeah, saying, "Oh, that's not good. You should have powdered that pan. You're never going to get that cake out of well, there." And then there's and you don't there's a comedian, and then a, like a celebrity guest. But, so but that's neither here nor there. I'm talking about the fact that there's a professional cook mm. in the episode to point out what the amateur is doing wrong. You have a voice of authority. Yeah, and there is no voice of authority here to point out that Paris Hilton is like, "Oh, Paris Hilton did something silly." Mm. Like, no. It's you don't have any of that. There's nothing informative about it, but there's not even that other. You talked about this being Schadenfreude. That would be Schadenfreude. That would be mm-hmm. someone pointing out on camera that Paris Hilton doesn't know what they're doing. Mm. But probably because she does. Yeah. At and... least to an extent. I'm not. I don't know if she's a gourmet or anything like that. Mm. But I, I let her cook for me after watching this. Like she's probably fine. She do fine. Yeah. I mean, like she mostly. Yeah, for the most part, the dishes seem to turn out okay. okay. Looking stuff, it well, seemed yeah. would, okay. Yeah, I would love to see a show about her actual recipes. You know, yeah. it, th- this this is all clearly very staged. She's not yeah. cooking out of that book she made. She probably exactly. has co- you know, cookbooks around, or more likely, mm-hmm. she has so many handlers and staff working at her place that she probably does hasn't done a lot of cooking. Yeah, has like a lot of professional chefs cooking for her. Yeah, but. What is she requesting from her professional chefs? What are they serving her? What is her actual mm-hmm. taste like? I'd be very curious to find out. And if it is just hard shell tacos and McDonald's, then we are looking at the real Paris Hilton. Fair enough. The next episode is called Italian Night with Demi Lovato, who I had heard of, thank you very much. <laughs> I knew who that was. You know who she is. Uh, yeah. They. She, she's back to she. What? Yeah, she went, she's gone back okay. to she pronouns. In the episode, uh, they use they pronouns. 
Okay. I, I think, yeah, at the time of filming, uh, Demi Lovato was using they pronouns. I'm going to look this up just so we can be sure about this, so I'm just going to keep calling Demi Lovato by their full name and not okay. use pronouns for a minute. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, they make Italian. That's the one where they make the weird cannolis, where they end up getting the cannoli mix, like, room temperature and fluidy. Mm. So it's that, that one looked... Probably tasted fine, but it looked gross. It looked like it was food poisoning. It, it looks yeah. like paste, like, like, like a, something you buy at a craft store. Because yeah. it had sat, it, it just was sitting out for so long, it looks like the kind of thing where it's probably going to taste fine, but it, it definitely is going to be food poisoning mm-hmm. later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, at the, at the moment it looks like Demi Lovato uses she, her, and they, them together, okay. but she tends to use she, her for consistency. Okay. So either one would be fine. All right. uh, I, 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 was, I just want to know I was paying attention. I appreciate I wasn't, that. Wasn't, Thank uh, you. wasn't misgendering. I was trying no, no. To, to do what you were, she slash they had asked. You were on it more than I was, okay. and I respect <laughs> that. We both tried to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You did it better today. Yeah. Thank you. A blessing on a both blessing. your houses. <laughs> From the queer guys. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what else do they make besides cannoli? They made something else. The, the ravioli they made raviolis. Oh, was it oh, ravioli? It yeah. was heart-shaped raviolis that oh, they just yeah. ended up not, do, not using. They, they, they gave up. Like they, yeah. they, they went bad. Because they yeah. put too much oil in it. Well, it's. Yeah. I'm not sure if you yeah. guys have ever tried to use like a, a pasta roller, like making your own pasta at home and like mm. flatten it out with that little crank machine. Oh um, yeah, they really struggle with that crank. Yeah. Those yeah. things are really hard to. Hard yeah. to use. yeah. I, I have yeah. not become expert in using. Not those. for the I've tried to make my own pasta, and that's pretty difficult. Yeah. So I think they kind of gave up. They don't want to yeah. make this sheet of pasta and cut it, and yeah. you have to get a fair. special like ravioli cutting tool if you want to do it in the fancy yeah. way. And uh, yeah, I think they. It was just too hard. Yeah. yeah. Making ravioli from scratch can take that's a long time. That's that was hard. the that's... lesson of that episode, yeah. really, is that making mm. ravioli is hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next episode was the Get Over It Holiday Feast, a Thanksgiving episode with uh, Lele Pons, who I also didn't know. And apparently, and, they're and an like, internet personality. And, and like, oh, this weird entourage of dudes that were just, like, sort of standing off to the side. Mm. It's like, and, and this, is, this is Christian and Constantine. And they're just going to stand over there and look hot for a second. and mm. like. Oh, I forgot about them. I also yeah. forgot about them. Yeah. Oh, and I think it was in this episode where uh, Paris Hilton, like, touched a hot plate and said, oh, that's so hot. And then she had this, like, moment, just like, because that's her catchphrase. Mm. Like, that, okay. that, that's so hot. Like, that's what she would say on oh. a reality show. It's like, that's so hot. And she actually, like, had to turn the camera. No, like, literally, that's, like, I wasn't doing a thing. That's hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, they make a turkey, and that's the one where turkey is, um, look, Making a turkey, like a whole turkey, like a, mm. like you get it straight from the butcher, could be kind of gross. Mm. She didn't know what to do with the giblets. She, like the she, neck. She, she pulled the you giblets know. out. I was like, what is that? Yeah. I remember they had a weird moment where they said something really like she said it relatable lo- or something at some point, but I can't she, remember. She pulled the giblets out and said it looks like genitals. Like that was no, a, did that she was say fine. that? Okay, it was weird but fine. They were talked about like getting like you're like trying to do the the rub under the skin of the turkey, and she had some trouble with that. Was it yeah, that? Maybe? No, no, it was well, actually she... just something like about like Lele's philosophy about class or something oh, oh here i remember this yeah. oh, it this? was um they this. were talking about her she was having kids oh okay and yeah. she said um oh. she was getting uh 
like fetuses implanted. Like she was, she was going to choose their gender. Oh. That's right. She was going to choose their gender, and they were talking about yes, eugenics. Uh, she, shit. Yeah, she, yeah, they, they started having up. this weird yeah. rich person eugenics conversation. Yeah, it's like oh, I would love to have a kid, but can I choose a kid that doesn't have like a certain kind of nose? And it's like holy shit, you're actually you're you put actually that in the final cut of your show. Just doing eugenics yeah. right now. It's like yeah, that was really, really like, yeah. I remember that. It made me be up. like, I don't know who this person is, but I don't like them. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely want like this gender child so I'm gonna choose like ahead yeah. of time so and have these like fetuses implanted in some... it's okay we can choose that we now. just sort it's of like, yeah. okay sort of so while, while you Gattaca your conversation we just yeah. sort of eased into Gattaca at some point and we yeah. never talked about it yeah but yeah we're, we, if you're rich enough we live in Gattaca that's fucking yeah up. rich people live in Gattaca so Ugh. yeah you're, you're talking about this you'd lose human connection if you got too rich yeah you would <laughs> Because all of a sudden you start having the eugenics conversation. Oh, Jesus. More often than you think. You would think. <laughs> it's really creepy. It's really, really terrifying. Anyway, they make... They so make... we're trying to talk about how, you know the, the things that make Paris Hilton relatable, but she's... And then that one was too, like... She's like more rich than humans. Yeah, That's that weird. was the whole like, oh, creepy. Yeah. Creepy. yeah. But then the... She's creepy rich, all right? Yeah, but then the last episode is the Christmas episode. Oh. And it's, a, it's ostensibly it's family steak night, but it's basically the Christmas episode. It should I, have been the first episode. It, well, a, it should have been every episode. I'll say every, every, yes. say every episode would have been good. Yes. Every episode would have been good. I think the first episode might have been good but I kind of like it as the last episode because it kind of feels like the twist ending Mm. in a way that kind of recontextualizes everything we've seen before because before this episode every single celebrity guest every single member of an entourage every single person on set just kissing butt Mm -hmm. and they they either genuinely like her or they want to get in good because they're on TV everyone loves Paris is basically the show yeah Yeah, and for the most part okay sure you invited your friends and people and well wishers yeah who can blame you this episode we have her mom and her sister yeah and they are an actual family with button pushing Uh and bickering and at this point this is the episode where she's trying to cook she's trying to do her show with her mom who really wants to dominate the conversation her sister, who really wants to tear Paris Hilton down at every turn, mm-hmm. and there comes a moment, and you pointed this out because you were like zeroed in on it. Oh, There's God. a moment where Paris Hilton shuts down for the rest of the episode. She goes yeah. nonverbal and just stops, like, and she just like sticks to making the food. And yeah. I have been there for so many holidays. <laughs> I have as well. I'm like, oh shit, when you Paris. Have, when you have a family <laughs> dynamic that is turning either dysfunctional, toxic, or just going on the same old bullshit that you've been in therapy to get over for decades, and it just comes all the way back for one night. All the, yeah. all the re- it becomes about surviving the evening, not about preserving your mm. ego, not about establishing that, no, I'm a different person now, Mom. It becomes about surviving the evening and getting them out of your house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that is the absolute most human I have ever seen any celebrity look, let so, alone Paris Hilton. So humanizing. Yeah. Just yeah. really, it was like, okay. yep. And it's wow. not in, in that sort of, we want to see them fight kind of way. Like, no, oh, it's sad. Like, expo- yeah, I was like, just seeing the kind of the the weird unspoken resentments that were clearly yeah. right there, and especially uh, like yeah. from from she and her sister, like yeah. were, were very cold to each other. Mom yeah. was trying her to be in charge of all of this. Was very eager to try and like gain laurels for herself mm-hmm. to laud herself and shit on Paris, yep. and I'm like. Yeah. 
oh my god, this like is such an awful like, like it wasn't like sibling dynamic. It wasn't like you know like yeah like a William Castle movie kind of cruel. No. It was just this shitty recognizable family resentment, and it's so sad to watch. But it's like yeah, it's so real. That actually felt real. If that was I fake, just, they were amazing. I wanted Paris to like stand up for herself yeah. so hard, like once. Yeah, you know, it was. Like, just this is my fucking. I'm sorry, mom. Do you have a fucking show on Netflix today? You know what? Yeah, it's. like... Do you have a fucking show on Netflix today? <laughs> I know we're about to get canceled. Did you yeah. get a show? Like <laughs> that's a weird thing. Y'all about... are about to eat my food. You can be fucking nice before I yeah. feed you. You're in my house right <laughs> now. How cool if the finale was, oh, and I added my own ingredient. She puts a box of rat poison. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, reaching for the bleach yeah. was my next, like, <laughs> just. So, did you enjoy your meal? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's your mother, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a curious thing, because yeah. Paris Hilton is, you know, mm. the head of this media empire. She has an mm-hmm. entire staff. She's the centerpiece yeah. of all of this. But at the yeah. same time, I get the, the feeling that she doesn't really have a lot of agency in it. Well, yeah. Especially when her family shows up. Like, her mom is the one who's pushing her around. Mm-hmm. Her celebrity friends are the ones who are sort of dictating the tone of every episode. She yep. feels like such a non-entity in yeah. the center of this empire. There's it's a really bizarre. But... but okay, look at this. Let's say she's an introvert. Hear me out. She's the kind of person who's going to go nonverbal and shut down and make fucking dinner. She's an introvert, but she likes attention and she Mm. likes being in the center of attention, but she's not comfortable with taking center stage or performing. Mm. When you do that, you tend to associate with really colorful personalities who fill the room. Mm -hmm. That's just you're compensating. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm leaving this empty space for you uh, to fill. Yeah, I like but, to be, be in, yeah. next to the spotlight rather mm-hmm. than in it. I like to be in the room with you. It's like, yeah, mm. it's that almost like announcer. It's more like a, naturally to be like a television announcer kind of vibe mm-hmm. as opposed to like the star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she's fully aware of that in a comfortable way. Like in the same way that she's not fully aware of how to stand up to. Her family. However, this is all conjecture, and we have to remember that they edited and chose to leave these moments of so-called vulnerability yeah. in the text. Yeah, this is what they, they did. Be... These could have been the only twenty minutes that are like that. Yeah, for all we know. Exactly, it and the fact been. that we yeah. are making this like the life of the story, mm. the bigger meat of it, when it could be just such a small part of it. Yeah, and that's the problem with reality television. And honestly, this is the problem with documentaries in general, even like the really good, you know, the really austere ones that you take super, super seriously, you're picking and choosing what you choose to represent reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're being very responsible with that, you might do a very reasonable job. And at the end of the day, where everyone more or less agrees with what you presented, reality TV, not like that. They are very specifically cherry-picking moments that they think will make good TV. And it is extremely common for producers to manipulate events subtly or directly to try to get them that way. Mm. They might have tried to, like, it's okay, stand up for yourself, Nikki. Like, yeah, get, in, get in there. It's Paris' show. Get in and show shows. Yeah. You can have a show. Like, they could, for all we know, there was some, that could have been a thing. Mm. We don't know. We know what we're given. We know that we can only trust so much of it. But we know that, essentially... They're trying to tell some kind of a weird story here. 
and we're responding to that. And for yeah. this was the thing we responded to. This was the thing that made Paris Hilton more human than ever, even though she lives an incredibly different life that is almost impossible for us to relate to. Yeah. Hmm. So on that level alone, this was the episode. If you watch only one episode of the show, this is the one. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. You'll, and it'll it's a pretty good half hour. Honestly, I yeah. think you'll you'll get something out of it. Um, if the show had gone on for a hundred episodes, God help us! <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. It, it was, I, it's really tough to because this this is not part of popular culture that I've ever really had too much experience with. Mm-hmm. Cooking shows uh, or Paris Hilton? Paris Hilton. Okay. Like oh. the, this particular kind of. Mm. I've, I've watched plenty of cooking shows. Oh. I, I like you know sort of the the cooking game shows on the Food Network are mm. a, a balm. But, uh, yeah, trying to understand Paris Hilton was a new experience for me. It's not something I bothered to delve into before. Um, and I wasn't interested in watching her cook, especially after I'm watching, you know, she and her friends bandy about, you know, the time they spent in Ibiza and then having conversations about eugenics and then yeah. watching her mother fucking eat gold in front of me. It's like, this, this, this is not a world I want to I want to see the to trailer inhabit. you would cut for yeah. this. It sounds like an A24 horror. Yeah, it's like, yeah. At, at the, if at the end of the series the mansion caught on fire, <laughs> then it's a show I would want to watch. Yeah. Sure. As it is, I, I'm not really in a place where I'm invited to have sympathy for Paris I, I feel like this show is just really unfocused and doesn't really know what it's trying to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a show here. I would watch Paris Hilton do certain things on TV mm-hmm. and I would probably go, that's cool. Like, because again, I there's something about her exceptionally laid back vibe and I know mm-hmm. it comes from a place of privilege, mm-hmm. but it is also something I wish I had for myself. I wish I could mm-hmm. be that calm. I would kill for that. So like on one hand, I'm like, I can imagine this being a chill space to be in, to be in Paris Hilton's periphery. Mm-hmm. This is not the show. Yeah, I think a lot of it, again, is that there's a discomfort with how honest to be, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. how much of Paris to actually reveal, how competent should we show her, how much Mm. should we depict her, like you know emotional emotional vulnerability mm-hmm. or are we going to look at her and laugh because she's out of her element and making mm-hmm. food yeah. yeah are we objectifying her are we relating to her it's an interesting show to watch just to see how it's trying to 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 figure that out and you can see the fluctuation of perspective in it and how it makes like absolutely no sense because mm. of it like I think as if you're watching stuff to like learn from it, I think this is actually like good chaos. Hmm. Um, if you're not to learn how to cook, though, this is no, good to like how to go, this is good, good reality TV. This education. is good structural like how to understand chaos. Even in storytelling, um, I don't even it, you don't even have to stick to technical stuff. Like just from thinking about how to tell a story, mm-hmm. like yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Well, on that note. Let's uh, let's give our verdict. Was cooking with Paris canceled too soon? I'll start with Michelle. Uh, no. No. This is fine. <laughs> this episode was good. Yeah. yeah okay. We Whitney. got it. Whitney, thoughts? Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Again, if 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 yeah. there if there were an explosion or an actual act of cannibalism, then you know, I think the show would have made a lot more sense. But as it stands now, only in your fan fiction, Whitney. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to write that. That's okay. Okay, yeah. uh, and uh, and uh, I, I'm I'm gonna be the guy 
who says, you know what? I agree with you both. I'm going to be that guy <laughs> yeah, who just goes uh, along with it. No, it's... Yeah. I thought it was a little bit more interesting, I think, than Whitney. Like, just mm-hmm. as a structural level, I'm kind of with Michelle on that point. You can mm-hmm. kind of, like... It, I, we've established, all of us, the idea that you can learn a lot from watching an interesting failure. Mm-hmm. Maybe more sometimes than you can from watching something that's genuinely successful. Yeah. Because then you're trying to figure out, how did this happen? How would I have fixed it? And on that note, maybe this is an interesting exercise. And again, I think the last episode in a vacuum is just pretty good TV. But no, this is, I can see why this got canceled. This was not a great idea. The the whole, whatever the point was, got watered down, lost. People Mm. disagreed about what the show should be. And it did not work. Unfortunately, and casual eugenics, and casual <laughs> eugenics, which just throw anybody the off. Rich, they're not like us. No, nope. they are not. No, <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. Anyway, that is it for. I wonder if they have this in like fictional universes. Do you think everyone ever? Do you think anyone ever pitched Bruce Wayne on a cooking show? Oh, that'd be interesting. Uh, oh, that'd be yeah. kind of funny, right? And he had to do it because it was the only way to like I don't know get to the Mad Hatter that week or something. Wait, why does it have to be comic book? What's what's a cool fictional universe? First off, ouch. <laughs> how, how dare you wound adolescent boys? Ooh. Well, Let me just drive that in a little the, harder. They, they, have, they have so little to comfort them. Uh-huh. Look, Twilight yeah, Sparkle Twilight Sparkle is taking a break from her busy alicorn activities to do a new cooking show. Now, I know what you're thinking. Shouldn't Pinkie Pie be doing that? Since well, Pinkie Pie runs a bakery. Bad. Since Pinkie Pie... <laughs> Runs a bakery. Pinkie Pie <laughs> is ghost cooking. It's a scandal. What was it called? We, we found a, a kids show about a, a fairy who lived in a fairy universe, mm. but she ran her own cafe. Yeah. And I think there was like an instructional <sighs> element to that one. It's called like Butter Pie. Or I like, forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot the title I of it. I don't know the name of it. All right. It's a whole thing. All right. Next time on Canceled Too Soon. Whitney and I will be going into the weird, magical world of Dan Brown. Because we're going to be talking about Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol. Guess what? Found it. I think it's... Mm. Is it on Peacock? It's on Peacock, yeah. Yeah, we found it on Peacock, which is why no one else could find it. (laughs) It was on Peacock the whole time. It's on Peacock, so sadly it's Uh, unavailable. Yeah. Uh, should have been the first place. Peacock, we the Quibi that didn't get canceled. No, <laughs> the Quibi that keeps going. Nice, bless them all. Yeah. Anyway, that'll be on the next cancel too soon. Uh, Michelle, remind everybody where they can find you and tell them about the soap store and your new book. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at uh, m lapis da silva underscore underscore m lapis da silva. Thank you for knowing my Twitter handle better than I do at if this you, point. If you follow us on Twitter, we'll put Michelle's tag on it when we post this episode. Yeah. Um, I have that book coming out. You can look it up at Barnes & Noble. It's uh, What Ate the Angels and the Shivering World. Two stories, one book, one great time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. If you if you follow me on there, you'll probably run into me in all sorts of places. And, of course, uh, make sure you subscribe to the Soap Store. Oh, yes. Uh, that's Patreon. Salt mm-hmm. Cat Soap. Patreon.com slash SaltCatSoap. If you subscribe in September, you'll subscribe in time to get our Halloween line, which again will be for all members, uh, our uh, glow-in-the-dark werewolf soap. Yeah. And also for people who sign up at the two soaps a month tier, you'll also get a glow-in-the-dark ghost soap. Yeah. So it'll be very exciting. Uh, October, we love October. 
Scary Tober is coming here. Cancel too soon. But before we get there, we do have to continue with Suddenly Last Season. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Feel free to send us uh, an email. If Did you watch Cooking with Paris? Do you have particular views on Paris Hilton? Do you know something about the production? We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. We might read your email in an upcoming episode of We've Got Mail. Whitney, what is our P.O. Box? Send us an actual physical letter to P.O. Box 641565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. We're on Twitter at Critic Acclaim. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. Huge shout out to all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. If you want to listen to our shows without any advertisements, Every single tier allows you to do that, but we also have bonus programming, exclusive shows about everything from every movie ever nominated for Best Picture, uh, every single episode of Star Trek in order. We do a podcast about all of the Step Up movies and spinoffs, and it's a bigger universe than you think. We do Discord hangouts and trivia nights with our patrons. It's a big old fun time. Huge shout out to all of our patrons. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you again. And uh, that's a wrap. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we will see you next season.